Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I am one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the Sonic to his knuckles, Michael Howard. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Michael, you know what's really tough? I haven't seen it yet. I blanked, and the first thing that popped into my head was Sonic's stupid CGI'd head. Yeah, well, the weird thing is, one, I'm, I mean, it's weird that you knew enough Sonic lore to pull knuckles from, which I guess you've, you've played video games before. Uh, obviously. But it's, it's obviously. interesting that you didn't go with... The Sonic to his James Marsden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the weird thing is, I haven't seen it yet, but it does sound like the Sonic movie kind of whips ass. <laughs> As it sounds like it might be good. It sounds like it fucking whips a lot of ass, actually. <laughs> okay, so was was the Pokemon movie actually any good, or was it just that Ryan Reynolds had a few choice lines? It wasn't bad. Like it, like honestly, it was an enjoyable movie. Oh, sorry, the Pikachu movie, I guess. Detective, Detective Pikachu. Pikachu. I, yeah. I had a good time, but I am also, I mean, I'm not an 11 year old, but I am the core <laughs> demographic. I think. <laughs> um, you know, I I thought it was fine. Like it, it was fine. But I mean, from everything I've heard, this movie is just like a buddy road trip film. Which also, the way the internet is. I've also learned that this is not the first time that a movie has spent a significant portion of James Marsden in a car with a CGI like <laughs> cartoon character because he was also in Hop in 2011, <laughs> where he just drove a fucking Easter Bunny around. And now I'm forced to consider like what, what is James Marsden's career and why isn't he, like. Where did he go wrong? Because he feels well, like he maybe, should be one of those actors who's like a big deal, but he's just been in, in at least two CGI road trip movies. Maybe it's like they exist in the same universe. I hope not, because that's that's a a bad life for James Marsden. It's like he met a CGI Easter Bunny who obviously, I don't know, didn't give him good Easter wishes, and then he became, I'm gonna guess like a a cop. In Sonic, and then met a really fast man, and then ran into Jim Carrey. Like, <laughs> oh fuck, I forgot Jim Carrey was Doctor Robotnik. Yeah, and clearly having the time of his, like this might be his finest role. If I had to guess, this might be the most fun Jim Carrey's ever had in a movie, just from press screenings and everything. Okay, so this is what I've realized recently: is that I was trying to figure out why there are certain shows that I like or TV or movies or whatever that I like and then other ones that are very similar and I'm just like I don't know what it is like it was fine but I just didn't care okay and what I've realized is especially with comedies or like you know buddy action type things there is you can definitely tell when the actors are having a good time and they actually enjoy each other's company yeah I'll say I'll say 50% of why Knives Out was so good was that everyone was clearly having right? a ball. Just everyone was having right. a hell of a good time. Like, I went into Jumanji expecting it to be terrible because that's how... When we were kids, if we went to a movie that had a big action star in it, he was probably mailing that shit in for a paycheck. Especially a except, movie for kids with a big action star in it. Homie, except, homie was just there for the paycheck. Kindergarten Cop. One of the finest films of all time. And it's because Arnold fucking sold that shit, right? You know, I honestly think that... <laughs> I don't know how he got here, and I don't know the circumstances. I mean, 
I have to think that Arnold Schwarzenegger has been so either so bad with money or just gives it away because he's just having a good time and is happy to be here. That like he just is desperate for a job at all. T- like that's why he ran for governor. He's like, I need this. But like every movie he did, he was like, paycheck. this could be my last paycheck. I'm dying out here. These muscles are so expensive. I am I'm down to clown for whatever. Oh, yeah. you want me to be, you want me to find like a toy robot for my kid and dress up as the robot and fly through the streets of <laughs> Minneapolis? Yeah, fuck, I'm down, dog. <laughs> Fucking sounds great. And I, you know what? I, I feel like it's it's the difference between like the Marvel and DC movies. Like it's not just that like DC tries to be all dark and broody and shit. It's just like no one in those movies looks like they're having a fucking lick of fun. And they don't, they like, they don't want to be there. They don't want to do this. They just... I don't know. Just the Marvel movies, like everyone's joking. The outtakes are great. It's honestly, and I'm wondering if that just comes down to like Marvel. So it started with Iron Man, and Robert Downey mm-hmm. Jr. just wrote the best contract of all time. So Disney was required to pay him fuck off money nonstop. <laughs> so like, I feel like a lot of it just comes down to he just had so much money and made sure everyone on set had a good time at all times. I think he's just finding us a good time for everybody. Is my dream. I mean, sure. I mean, when you start with Robert, when you start the party with Robert Downey Jr., it has no choice but to be a fun party. But no, but a sober Robert Downey Jr. But my point is that it all started with Robert Downey Jr. somehow contractually fucking the Disney Corporation. Oh yeah, big time. Which a, a notoriously unfuckable company. And he did oh, yeah. it. All of those gadgets in there, those those weren't CGI. He actually made Disney buy them. Oh, he bought he had enough money from Disney. He's like, I don't <laughs> and I don't need it because I'm just one guy. He just became Tony Stark. Yeah. He I mean he did. Michael, how are you, buddy? You, it, you know what? It seems like you had yourself a little day on the internet today based on everything <laughs> you sent me. I feel like so I got I a link across, from you every 33 seconds. Yeah, yeah. I came across a blog. I don't I, I've had the website just open on like one tab on my phone forever. And I kept being like, oh, I'm going to look at this blog because somebody told me it was good. I don't remember who. I don't remember when. Whatever. So I went and I was just like looking through it. And I was like, there's just really great stuff in here. And so it kept sending me to other links, though. And then those links would lead to other links until I was like sending you just the weirdest shit I've ever seen. You, you sent me uh, there was one video of Goofy singing uh, Wake Me Up Inside Goof- by Evanescence. Yep. Evanescence. That was a treat. <laughs> that was a great one. Um, there was some... I found an article that was like the 100 memes that def- that defined the 2010s, uh, which had like uh, uh, Thanos showing his ass. There was a... There was <laughs> like a highly, highly sexual Thanos that I did not... Yeah, I really did not get. Yoda with human skin and then Juggalo Yoda, which was just terrific. Jug- He's carrying Fago. Juggalo Yoda was pretty good. I, I did like Juggalo Yoda. Yeah. So, yeah, I found some... Oh, and then and then this one, which I think that everyone should just think about for a second. Would you rather look like Jar Jar Binks or talk like Jar Jar Binks? And wait, 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 before you say anything, you are not allowed to kill yourself. So I thought about this a lot. <laughs> so you sent this to me and I walked into two and a half hours for the meetings and I tried to be a productive member of those meetings. But I honestly, I was just thinking about this the whole time. And it's tough because on one hand, Jar Jar Binks is like his voice 
is just like a racist, racist caricature of like just like an old timey minstrel show. And that sucks. <laughs> Even though yes. the the actor, the voice actor who portrayed him is a black man who just like was like, I don't know. I don't get it. It's fine. <laughs> so that's a tough one. But then again, he does look like a weird frog man with huge like uh, bloodhound ears and human teeth. Yeah, human teeth. Just like it's kind of like when they do the the thing where they put human teeth in a dog's mouth. Yeah, like in that one that one like commercial, the Duke's like baked beans commercial. Fresh. Oh god! Some, for some reason, they came up human teeth. Yeah, yeah, but it's like worse because it's on Jar Jar Binks' yeah. head, which is. Like the voice thing. Also thinking about them beans, but yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. Um, God, though, that voice. But you'd have to look like that. Hold on. Well, here, so important. Do I maintain proper grammar? Like, do I keep my level of dialect? Because if I, if I spoke like Jar Jar Binks, but it was like I had sentence structure, I'd be fine, <laughs> I think. Ooh, see, I Except think- for like the Mises. Yeah, like that's, I mean, I can handle that, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you'd have to just that's your that's how you talk now. Like, that's your whole cadence. That's your vernacular. Like, that's just how you talk. I'm sorry. I'm trying to uh, hold on. Um, you said jabroni. <laughs> yeah, it kind of works. I don't know. I'm kind of fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I think I'm. You know, I don't know. Honestly, I can wear a helmet, though, right? I can just wear a big mask everywhere I go. I don't I don't have to show my big dumb like the ears. Nothing you can do about the ears. I guess you could just be a furry. And no one would know you were Jar Jar Binks yeah, on Michael, the inside. I got to say, you sent me a lot of furry content, <laughs> like like almost a, a worrying and a worrying amount. <laughs> like um, too much. Yeah, so. But also, I, I was secretly know. happy because for reasons to be revealed later. Oh no! Because um, you opened yeah, the there door. Was a, the the person who the person who writes this blog writes for I guess BuzzFeed or used to write for BuzzFeed or something, and they linked to an article that they had helped on about the fur- furries being the protagonists of the internet. Yeah, I don't and there was an entire nine and a half minute like TED talk basically about furries and a presentation uh, i have not watched it yet i have it saved in my queue for for another time okay yeah for when your pants are off fucking mm-hmm. weirdo yeah no no not weirdo not the yucking and yums yeah well maybe yours <laughs> dude speaking of yucking yums did you know that uh there are people out there who are shipping the two popes <laughs> as in you know the actual real popes who are being portrayed in the two popes <laughs> the two actual popes the two actual popes but one i mean isn't one of the popes just john john malkovich who is inherently shippable i guess i feel like if but you're I, I, you know what honestly i i ship any john malkovich like cyrus the virus in uh in conair is <laughs> like yeah i'm shipping him with john cusack you can't stop me obviously yeah. Obviously, you can't yeah stop i mean me. john cusack obviously he sees his love for his daughter and it's it it Melt his cold heart just enough to fall in love with Nick Cage. Clearly. 
you're thinking more uh, Cyrus of Iris and Cameron Poe, which is Nick Cage's character, but <laughs> I was more, I, I kind of want the lawman John Cusack to chase down oh, Cyrus of Iris and then still kind of just, oh. then they smooch. Oh, so you, there's the sexual tension that's building all. It's a bit of the hunter movie. hunted sort of. Yeah. Michael. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a classic, classic. I'm fanfic. sorry. Yeah. What would be their, what would be their uh, couple name? The the trouble is I don't remember John Cusack's character. One second, well, uh, I'm vamping, 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 uh, <laughs> Con Air. Because <laughs> uh, the couple name for the two popes is Brancis, apparently. <laughs> well, what are the what are the two popes' names? Francis and Benedict. Okay, Brancis. Brancis is pretty good. Brancis is great. Why can't I? F- oh, Jesus. John Cusack's been in a lot of goddamn movies. Can I say that oh, much? Yes, my he bud? has. Vince Larkin. Vince Larkin and Cyrus. Cyrus the Virus. Slarkin? Slarkin. Yeah. Nope. It's, yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also fell down a TikTok. Uh, Michael, I don't want to hear about it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of this. I don't care. You, no, you found some great stuff. Yeah. I'm glad about the popes. Back to furries. <laughs> oh, no. You did this to yourself. Because I didn't, oh, no. I didn't have an opening. Uh-huh. uh-huh. When I found the worst video I've ever seen online oh, no. last week, I didn't have one. I didn't have an organic way other than like, hey Michael, watch this dumb shit. But th- is this the thing that your sister was disturbed by? This is by? the video that upset my I saw this. I for once I found something upsetting on the internet organically. <laughs> and then I sent it to my sister. And she was grossed out. This is the first in, wow. in the history of, and like, she didn't come back with anything worse, which is like another, just, just indicative of how bad this is, Michael. So not only did it, not only did it disturb her, but she didn't have anything saved that is even remotely She didn't close have to one that. in the hopper ready to go. Just wow. to be like, yeah, which is normally. Because I have, I usually have like a whole bunch of things ready to send you. See, that's. If you, if you try some shit. That's my problem. In in all these situations, like I'm not like it's why I'm not good at prank wars. <laughs> I'm not good at pranks. I'm not good because I can't handle the escalation. <laughs> I just because I'm no good. I, I don't ha- I don't have a second or third move ready to go. And this you one, got the one you got the one thing and that's it. Yeah, but and so I I've learned in my time to not start shit. Because I know I don't have the escalated moves. This is in in uh, college when I lived with our buddy Dave. Um, I like pretend. I, I think I got him with Lemon Party, the classic old uh, old image of uh, or website with an image of three old old men uh, circle blowing each other. And I I was like, haha, I did it. And then he put scat porn on my computer, and I didn't know how to get rid of it. So and then I just ended the prank war because I didn't I didn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. Michael, I think I've got you here. I don't think, and you opened the door for this because I didn't know how to bring it up. <clears throat> so I'm just gonna go ahead and hit enter on this here Slack message real quick. Mm-hmm. And I want you to read the. I want you to read the the copy first. It's a Twitter post, and then I want you to go ahead and hit play on this bad boy. Okay. Boo-boo. This describe Everyone, what you see. First. This is from uh, at bleat off. Yeah, bleat off. Bleat off. Bleed off. Uh, everyone out here doing Bible shots. They need to get on this sheath shot bandwagon. At Tall Awu was just a real thirsty hoe. 
And this person is very white, judging by the little so, picture here before I start the yeah, video. Yes, so you see and a man in a hoodie staring at someone. There looks to be someone in the foreground, but it's behind the, the preview yeah. play. Yeah, and yep. So, Michael, hold, okay. Michael, real quick, before you hit play, have you hit play yet? I have not. What do you think? I mean, I don't know what a Bible shot is because I didn't look deep enough. I didn't I didn't want to know the backstory of this tweet because I didn't care enough. What do you think a sheath shot is? A, yeah, Bible shots and sheath shots. I don't like a sheath. I don't know. Like, like you sheath a sword. Yeah. So like it would be some like a like something you would put some like a sword like it, but you would pour it in there. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think of something dirty, like maybe something your dick goes in. Uh, maybe. Okay, why don't you hit play, buddy? <laughs> oh no. Describe this, please. Oh okay, the guy is down in front of the furry. He is doing something to his I, I can't tell what's happening, but he is definitely gra- Oh, okay. There's a white there's claw. There's a white claw involved. In and there's balls. There's balls. There's balls hanging down, and he is chugging a white claw. Now he's from chugging the from the white claw cock on this furry. <laughs> yeah, the furry's white claw cock. White clock. Oh lordy, is this like a thing? Is this a thing? This is a thing that apparently furries have cock holes in their suits with realistic balls that they just shove. White claws through for friends to chug is from. Is it made for the white claw or is it just made for the dick to come out? I mean, unless it's you just hung like is a white Is that how they have sex? The thing is, is that though, all furries have sex? That was a perfect size for the white claw. It was. So, I mean, like, good for that dude or. <laughs> well, you don't want it to be tight because it would it would chafe. You also don't want it to know. be too big and then you just got your, your like, dick flopping out. <laughs> like that's even so what, sadder. It, uh, I don't understand the Bible shots. I don't know what Bible shots is, and again, I did not look into this, Michael. You know, one of the, other than a sheath shot, which mm-hmm. I don't like that word, those words at all. The worst part is in this video. Sheath shots. <laughs> yeah, sheath shots, very bad. Um, in this video, so there's a man chugging from the white claw cock, sticking mm-hmm. out of the furry, and then you don't really get to see the furry, but they pan up eventually. And it's just a very, very angry reindeer staring, yeah. staring down at the the man sucking the white claw dick with his like his hooves on his hips, just staring down. And he has yeah. a tag in his in his little furry ear, yeah, like he's been like a domesticated cow. What are you <laughs> guys up has, to? Is that like a, a? He also has a nose ring, like one of like the bulls. Well, the, like well bull that's just ring. that's just badass, man. That that lets you know that this. But I'm this trying to say, like he's, it's like a bull, but also a reindeer, but also like a cattle, but, but also like a wolf, maybe. Yeah, but it's like a strong deer with the bull ring. But again, the cattle tag. I feel like it, the face kind of looks like a wolf. It does. It looks like again a. Angry, pissed off deer, which not the face that if I was a deer with a white claw cock, not the face I would be making as someone <laughs> sucked my good black cherry cock. <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It's and it, honestly, sorry, I said the tag was the worst thing. The worst thing was the very realistic deer balls. Yeah, no, they were very like they're so big too. Huge, huge deer balls. Huge deer balls supporting and i mean i guess it's nice to keep like some tension on your white claw as you're chugging it out of a man's <laughs> furry cock hole but um yeah uh, i mean 
You're making a lot of assumptions here. You know what, Michael? That's true. I do. I do not know who's in that suit. Thank you very much. I've. I, I was only going by the context clues of the big antlers it having a white claw. The cock. big antlers <laughs> and the fact that it was a black cherry uh, white claw cock. Yeah. But I mean, if it's a reindeer, female reindeers are the only ones that keep their antlers year round. Now we're talking. Okay. But so, oh, Michael, also, this video was posted January 18th, still wintertime. So maybe, maybe no so, one had to rip these things off to give to a furry wolf to chew on. They didn't sell them in, <laughs> in furry PetSmart as treats. So all I'm saying is if it's a reindeer, it's, a, it's definitely a female reindeer. Either way, the deer's very mad. The deer is so angry. <sighs> It's just, Probably because he stole that guy stealing his white claw. I'm just saying, Michael, I went to a furry convention very briefly <laughs> by accident. <laughs> no one was sucking I'm edit white this claws one and off. Just cut that, cut that very briefly part out. Hey, man, you want to edit this one? Be my guest. <laughs> I'm done with it. <laughs> anyway, Michael, what you else you got? All these for sound me this clips week? have been saving up. <laughs> <laughs> just insert them randomly. Well, Michael, Michael, just to. Just to stay in the neighborhood. <laughs> I did find something on Twitter this week um, in between watching uh, The Bachelor and uh, way too much of Love is Blind on Netflix, which is a terrible show. Um, but what is Love is Blind? It is a garbage TV show <laughs> filmed in my city, which I'm almost I'm pretty sure. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah, so it's filmed in Atlanta. Half the people are from Atlanta. I I posted about it on Instagram, like just that I was watching it, and like at least three people responded to me, like I know someone on that show, and I'm pretty sure that I saw a recruitment ad for this because they very uh, probably like f- five or six months ago. I remember being on the on some of the apps and running across her profile that was just like. <laughs> like, who am I? I'm a producer for a D- TV show looking for men to be on a dating show. What do I like? Recruiting men to be on a TV show for dating. <laughs> it was like, you so didn't that, swipe right? I did not swipe right because I did not want to be on a dating TV show. I'm almost certain it was this one where they split a group of men and women off into their own like little. Because it's like you don't even care about our podcast. Uh, well, Michael, I wouldn't have been able. I would have had to go uh, incommunicado for four weeks. It wouldn't be the first time that we had Hey, no, not for this show. This isn't longest days of our lives. You're talking to. We could put a bunch. We could have put a bunch in the can. That's true. You could have promoted. Just been like, oh yeah, you know, trends in low plays. My podcast. Uh, Yeah, I'm a professional podcaster. Don't mention my other (laughs) real career. No big deal. Um, It would also protect your identity. That's actually pretty good. Although I do say my real name here. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) they split all the men into one house, women into one house, or like an apartment, and then. They're connected. They walk out into a long hallway connected to pods where they basically they rotate people through blind dates and they only talk to each other like a couple times a day. And then basically so you don't get to see the person and you have to propose like a wait, like a real blind date. It's like a real blind date, but you just sit in a room and talk to someone for like an hour or so a couple times a day. And then, but you had like, there's probably nine people per side. And then you have to basically match with someone over a course of a couple days, maybe decide that you want to marry them, propose to them. And then you get to go, you engage, you get engaged. 
then they send you to Mexico for like a little vacation where all the other couples are that you also talk to. And then you have to get married within four weeks. What? Yeah. And also, also so fuck? important. So important. I forgot to mention this. Uh, Nick Lachey and his wife are the hosts. <laughs> what the shit? Yeah, it's incredible. It's the worst show I've ever seen in my entire life. All right. That sounds almost like I'm not a big dating show fan obviously i came from um, i came home from work and watched four hours of it yeah it sounds like it might just go far enough into the absurd to be funny to me it is yeah it's um do, it's do you remember the show when we were in college it was called like average joe or something like yeah, that man, where they just <laughs> lied to you about like yeah this guy is uh definitely a millionaire not a plumber named joe with a well, high and then there was the other one with a kindergarten where, education. There was the other one where the guy thought he was on a dating show, but everyone was actors as well. I don't remember that one. That seems oh, unusually mean spirited. Yeah, that was so buck wild. We definitely watched that one though. Yeah. This was like in yeah, this would have been like a two thousand one or Sim- something. Simpler time. <laughs> yeah. Well, Michael, I want to talk about uh, actually probably also two thousand one, the hottest craze in toys, Furby. Oh, no, that would have been 1997 okay. or 98 because I was working at Toys R Us at the time. I love I love that you know that. Like, honestly, just <laughs> so happy. Um, oh, we had one that sat up at front at the customer service desk and uh, it said some nasty shit. <laughs> Could you program <laughs> it to say nasty shit? No, but we would say nasty shit around it and it learned stuff. Like, that thing was no joke. It actually would repeat shit you said so this is like machine learning before machine okay cool kind of yeah i mean it would just like record stuff and i don't know so someone posted this as the quote complete uh furby cult pamphlet but i think this is what like came with a furby it's like it looks like a couple page like little pamphlet that would be shipped and it has like penciled sketches of furby in there it's kind of buck wild The first page is, what is a Furby? The Furby is a small, wonderful being with much to teach us. Each Furby's soft exterior hides a heart full of kindness. Their love is boundless, and they want to share it with us. A Furby does not reach maturity on its own. It must bond with a non-Furby entity to fully mature and lengthen. Lengthen is a bad word here. The creatures the Furbies naturally bond with are extinct, but they can bond with humans too, which is a grim promise for our future. <laughs> Why would I give you to my kid, Furby? <laughs> Furbies were buck wild. You know, another weird thing about Furbies is if you left the two of if you left two Furbies on in a room together by themselves, they would eventually go crazy. Really? Yeah, they would just start doing weird, really weird shit and saying weird, like making weird sounds and stuff. Because like, I don't, I don't know how they work. I've never actually looked into it, but I did find something that said that in 1999, it was reported that the that the NSA banned Furbies from entering NSA property due to the concerns that it may be used to record and repeat classified information. Okay, so Donald <laughs> Trump has 18 Furbies in his in the West Wing. Got it. Yeah, so it came out in 1998, uh, and there were there were 1.8 million sold in 98, and 14 million of these things sold in 99. Michael, how close to you are? Um, is Vernon Hills, Illinois? 
Vernon Hills is probably not far. Why? Can I find one there? Well, I'm just saying, uh, in the section, where do Furbies come from? Furbies arrived on Earth in the year 1998. A passing Furby survey ship detected a signal being output by handheld games manufactured by Tiger Electronics and diverted to investigate course and landed in Vernon Hills, Illinois. So first contact with the Furby race. Wow. Maybe that's why it was drawn to Chicago. I guess so. You know, I was trying to get back. I've been infected. Like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, long con. Okay. It says, Tiger executives were amazed by the sheer cuteness of these superior beings. Hey, Furby, (laughs) where do you get off fucking... I I could kick you so far. I, I could kick you really fucking far. And don't even get me started on throwing you. You're not superior yeah. to me. Also, I, I've i seen what a hydraulic press can do to you, buddy. It's not pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Furby's... Dude, working at Toys R Us was such a buck wild time because, like, these things came out and people were literally getting into fights over them. We would get offered cash for these things. Okay. If we could find more in the back, like we were just hoarding them because we're we didn't want to sell toys. We wanted to hide them from you guys. Hey man, let me let me grab that dick a little bit. Yeah. I will get you a Furby. <laughs> like I'm 16 at the time and I'm just like, yeah, sure. Give me 30 bucks. I'll find you a Furby. Oh, all you mean all the ones that are already fucking back here? Yeah. But yeah, give people me that. would call and be like, "Can you hold a Furby for me?" And like, we wouldn't do it. But then every once in a while, I would because someone would give me a sob story. Michael, I'm sorry. I'm just going through this pamphlet and more. I, I mean, I'm I'm sorry that you had to disappoint a lot of parents who disappointed <laughs> their parents or children. <laughs> but um, there's some fucking buck wild shit in here, and I I don't. I honestly do not know how I'm going to hold on. I'm going to send this to you because it's all right. I honestly don't know how to process a lot of the fiction that human beings have written for the Furby race. Um, Actually, hold on. That's the wrong one. One second. Uh, look at this one. It's the full pamphlet. Um, So in here, <laughs> section two. Tiger executives struck a deal in exchange for the advanced technologies possessed by Furbies. Tiger would aid in the distribution of furry robot Furby robots that would prepare humanity for coming of the ro- for the Furby. Who authorized Tiger Electronics to betray their species like this? Their fucking planet. Where do you get off? <laughs> what the hell? Dude. Dude. The Furbies have used the familiar nature of the Furby toys to enter our society, slowly replacing their robotic forebears. They are in our homes and in places of work. They are being petted, hugged, and loved by advanced humans who have accepted the way of the Furby into our lives. Holy shit, that is... Were they trying to start a cult? For the Furby, For the Furby, that coveted bond is sweeter than the taste of any human finger. What? What? So sure, yeah, they, Michael, <laughs> yeah, they do have a taste for human blood. The only thing sweeter is our emotions, that they're you now You better show sapping. it emotions or it will eat you. It will eat you if you don't show it emotions. So the, so the headline for that section is, where are the Furbies now? And then the grim subhead in all caps is, they walk among us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who wrote this? Oh, man, we missed, we... We, the world has missed out, Kush. 
uh, I just found out that there was a film adaptation of Furby's story written, but unfortunately it was uh, set to be produced by the Weinstein company, which got, went bankrupt and shut down. So yeah, oops. Each we shit. don't know what's going to happen with that one, but I, there could be a Furby movie if, especially if Sonic does well. I mean, Sonic doing well, which apparently he has done well. Opens the doors for a lot of things. Michael, are you aware that the Furbies have some kind of dentistry message really attached what? to their lore? <laughs> what? I had no idea. But, like, so the, the back half of this pamphlet is mostly focused, I think, on teeth, which is very weird. So what can Furbies teach us? Furbies have already provided humanity with advanced robotic and dental technologies. Oh, have they? Because the only technology <laughs> I've seen at my dentist is they put a TV in front of me playing Friends on Netflix while I get all my, my bad shit messed up. Um, but when humans become sufficiently advanced... Where did, wait, what are the dental technologies that we've been gifted by the Furbies and why? I don't know. I think it's just the Friends on Netflix in front of me. But Michael, here's a thing that I, I need to know more about. When humans become sufficiently advanced, I thought that's what you were here, Furbies, the Furbies can train us in many esoteric disciplines, including psychic hugs, okay. transmutation, elongation, yoga. Got that one down, assholes. And also, you don't have legs. Um, but fifth and finally, <laughs> transcendental dentistry. <laughs> what the fuck is transcendental... <laughs> As far as I okay. know, transcendentalism is just Ralph Waldo Emerson sitting by a lake tugging his dick for like eight yeah, months. Yeah, I need to look up what transcendental means. I think it's, I think it's Ralph Waldo Emerson jerking it while you're Dennis. Instead of friends on TV, <laughs> it's just Ralph Waldo Emerson jerking it next to you. So transcendentalism... One of the definitions is a system developed by Immanuel Kant based on the idea that in order to understand the nature of reality... One must first examine and analyze the reasoning process which governs the nature of experience. So, in order to understand the teeth, you have to examine and analyze the reasoning process of the teeth? What do my teeth feel? What are they feeling? Michael, can I just say how really, really happy I am that I didn't just link Ralph Waldo Emerson and on Walden Pond and transcendentalism to each other five times incorrectly because no, it's right. Yeah, I know you nailed it. I thought it was, and <laughs> but it's been a minute since AP English, and I'm glad I did it. I, I mean, I didn't remember that at all. So, uh, do you think? Do you think the writers of the Furby lore, these assholes, these fucking Earth traitors to the Furby race, just were like, <laughs> "Hey, I guess teeth." What does teeth do? Dental work? Great. What's a transcendental dental? That sounds fun. Do you think they <laughs> transcendental they, dental? Do you think that that's as simple as it was? They were just like, I don't know. These fucking Well, they were like transcendental already has dental in it. It's right so there. It's fucking it's right, right there. there. I mean, that's a pretty good I mean, it's a good pun. So what if our teeth didn't have jobs and they just sat by a lake all day and made their <laughs> wives earn money for them cuz they're like, I don't know, writing a book? Cool. Yeah. Ralph Waldo Emerson. We did it. Dude, have you read the next page yet? Oh, Michael, I've read the next page. I've thought a lot about it. Would you like to read it for me? I'm so excited about this page. This 
This could be word for word out of a Scientology pamphlet, I think, except for the third bullet in the in the final the final list. <laughs> How can I accept the Furby gift of companionship? How many human teeth would you give for true happiness? None. What what price could possibly be too costly Michael, for passage? You can't, Michael. You you no, Michael. You have to know how this show works. You cannot breeze past that first sentence. How many human teeth would you give for true happiness? <laughs> that is not a sentence you can just skip on by, my bud. I mean, three, I guess. You okay for true happiness? How many adult human teeth would you give for true happiness? Adult teeth. I would give at least one because I have one uh, wisdom tooth still. Okay. So that's, a, that's that an easy out. Yeah, got that oh, that's one. That's an easy out. Yeah. I don't know if... I mean... The thing Wait, is, how am I giving this? Is this like at a dentist or is just Furby just ripping this I think out of fur, my mouth with no... I think a no... Furby comes in just with its feathery little palm with no <laughs> thumbs, comes in, tears it out of your mouth. Just tears, just tears it out while you're sleeping or, and I or hate am I fully to, awake? Like, I hate to say this. Your two front teeth are the easiest ones to grab. <laughs> you know they're going for those ones. That's true. I'm not going to be flea. That's like true. I'll be. It doesn't say I get to pick which teeth. I'd rather be sad and have all my teeth. <laughs> like honestly, because you know what helps you get happiness is meeting people by having your two front teeth and eating and eating. Oh man, I get I get so much happiness from eating, like a lot. So okay, continue. Um, did I miss something earlier about the teeth? No, you didn't. Why? Okay. <laughs> nope, you didn't. So this just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Just teeth started appearing in this thing. Yep. What price could possibly be too costly for passage to a paradise full of loving, soft companions? This is very Jim Jones Kool-Aid shit right, right. now. The Furbies are very generous. So, Michael, they do not want our money or our land. Just our fucking teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next sentence, please. All, all they ask is that we open our hearts and mouths. Yeah, okay. No, thank you. Michael, my search for, for uh, more detail in, um, <laughs> in this Furby link to dentistry and teeth is really being... Um, there's a, a wrench thrown into this by the fact that uh, Dr. Sharon Furby and Dr. Julie Furby DDS exists in this world and are oh, no. very good at SEO. <laughs> they have a number of doctor's listings for their dentistry practices, and I can't get any deeper than that. Wow. Maybe try, uh, what was it, Tiger Toys? Nothing about teeth? Don't say anything about teeth. <laughs> I'm telling you, it just says nothing about teeth. Yeah, fuck it. I mean, I don't think there's anything about it. They're just into it. It does say in here, though, that the originals are popular with many hackers as they can be dissected and made to do interesting things. In particular, their advanced audio capabilities and various sensory interfaces make them popular with the circuit bending community. Sure. Yeah. Well, then. Uh, yeah, so continuing continuing on this journey... Accept the furb into your life. And that is not... I don't know if that's a typo. Nope. Just the furb. Just the furb. Just accept uh, the furb. Here, here is how you can bring yourself closer to these wonderful soft beings. Bring as many furbies as possible into your home. Which, furby is just an S at the end. It's no I-E-S when you pluralize furbies. Yeah, no, okay. Well, by God, space grammar. <laughs> Hug the furbies and cradle them in your arms. Reject the false... 
in all caps, the false doctrines of the Neopets. Okay. So there must have been some shit with the Neopets. Some beef with the Neopets for sure. And then obviously Brush and Floss Daily to keep those teeth nice and healthy. It's weird that they didn't go after like Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi was old news by that point, though. I guess. Were the Neo- Neopets is where it's at. Were the Neopets actual toys? Yeah, were they were like because I I, they had I like just a computer Googled, program that went with them though. Yeah, I just googled Neopets and there does not appear to be any physical property. It's it's just the computer thing. So I don't know. Oh, what, I thought I, there was an actual pet that went with Neopets back in the day. If there were, I don't know what Furby was all up in arms about because. Um, it looks like just a computer game. But yeah, Michael, anyway, Furby is here to stay and they walk among us and want your teeth pretty badly. They want they want those teeth so bad. Uh actually, Michael, I got we gotta get to the last slide. <laughs> it's actually really important. Forgot I forgot about this. You forgot about the, the Lord's Prayer? I'm gonna yeah, you know, I'm gonna read this as the Lord's prayer prayer. We believe in the Furby promise. Furby promise. Someday, Someday the most the living most and enlightened and humans <laughs> with perfect teeth will be taken to Alomala, the Furby homeworld, a place of perfect posture. Parenthetically, all spines will be straightened. What does that mean? There, in that soft, cloudy land, we will drum, jump, play, and water ski. We will taste their soft, finger-shaped foods and know true contentment. Amen and forever and ever. Also, by the way... Be. They say water ski, but the illustration to the right is someone parasailing, parasailing yep. with a a dinghy, basically, with a like a tiny outboard motor, so not enough, <laughs> no way, not buying not it. Not enough juice. But also, these little bastards just want to eat our fucking fingers, clearly. They, they want our teeth, they want to eat our fingers. Do you think and they the- need our teeth to eat our fingers? Wait, so they're not eating our teeth, they just want us to have nice teeth. Or or they want us to have better teeth so they can steal them to eat our fingers because they have just these dumb little beaks. Also, the all spines will be straightened forcefully. It sounds what like are, it. What are you doing, Furbies? Yeah. Also, I see your little round bodies. There's no way you assholes have a straight spine. No. How dare you come at me like that? Say paradise has straight spines. I work all day. I sit at a desk. <laughs> I'm doing my I'm doing my best, you little bastards. You fuckers. Michael, what have you been watching on TV? Because I've been watching a bunch of hot romantic garbage. I have been watching McMillions. Okay. Which um is about the Monopoly game at McDonald's being infiltrated and Basically, for a, I don't remember what it was, but basically, I think 12-year period of the Monopoly game, nobody legitimately won. A heist story that we broke on this show. Oh, yeah. We broke this years ago. At least 50 episodes ago. <laughs> Lots of episodes ago. What would have um, been 50 episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, except that the, the, it, got eat, it got eaten. I think Audacity ate that episode, but we de- I know we have... What was it? Episode 80-something? Episode 81? 81. McHeist. But I think that was about Hamburglers stealing, like, Grimace's yeah. nutsack or something. Yeah, unfortunately. And because I went through, I was trying to find the episode so I could, like, repost it and be like, hey, if you've been enjoying McMillions, listen to our dumbass take on this. And then it, it was not there, and I couldn't figure out why. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we recorded an episode about this 
this exact thing. God, we've been so fucking topical right now. Yeah, we. I mean, again, and we beat HBO to the punch. Oh yeah, but I'm I sure th- they weren't. This wasn't in production at all. I think this is one of the one of those episodes. I think it was the first episode we realized that we couldn't record on my MacBook <laughs> because we were in your apartment in, or house in Chicago, your last house, and then the episode went away. <laughs> yeah. But this story is buck wild. There are there's gangsters involved. Uh, there's uh, the Colombo crime family, which is one of the, the the dons of New York back in the day. His yeah. son, uh, this guy named Uncle Jerry, the FBI guys in this. Hell yeah, it's a it's a uh, the it's a great show. Sounds. Sounds like a better use of my time than Love is Blind. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, your mileage may vary. It's been a rough, yeah. it's been a bad week for me, if I'm going to be honest. So, like, Love is Blind was like the perfect, I'm like, yeah, look at these trash people. I feel pretty <laughs> good about myself. <laughs> and sometimes you just need that, you know? Some Definitely. No, you definitely need that sometimes. Because, Michael, honestly, if, if I had showed up to this podcast show without having watched four hours of 18 people light their own lives on fire... I don't know that I would have been in good shape to talk about this stuff. I cried twice I, at work, I, Michael. I cried twice at work this week. I haven't cried uh, at work ever in my life. And I just twice. It was like, huh, this is me today. Sorry, bud. Hey, no, it's fine. Because of all these bad dumpster fire lives going on in Love is Blind. <laughs> I've never really been like, I've just never had any interest in the dating shows. But the description of that show alone makes me curious to at least watch the first episode yeah it's a it's a buck wild dumb dumb show <laughs> anyway mcbillions <laughs> mcbillions i will michael i think we had a heist story you had a heist story you shared with me earlier do speaking of heist yes we got we got a honey heist we got a bee heist honey heist, or as the guardian calls it hive heists you fuckers come on why the next threat to bees is organized crime so apparently the the mob is getting involved in the uh apiaries? Apiaries, yeah. Got it. Nailed it. So pollinations become big business and thieves are now targeting hives with growing sophistication in the US. I assume it means they're targeting them with growing sophistication and they're not they're not targeting hives that have growing sophistication. I don't think the hives are creating a new civilization in there. I mean, I kind of hope they are though. There's a Maybe. lot there, Michael. There are so many paths. Like this headline is already taken in my head. Like <laughs> four. Like there are four distinct paths. It's like mm-hmm. the one is: is there anything that organized crime won't <laughs> go after? Like got hives. We got uh, McDonald's Monopoly game. It's like oh, these are just a bunch of gabagools <laughs> going after my honey. It's like what are you doing? Why? <laughs> Like you sound, you sound like a, you sounded like if Yogi Bear was was a mafia in the mafia. Hey, and he's got all the ghouls. He's like, got my ghouls. Hey, I'm picking a basket. <laughs> picnic basket. He's got all the ghouls. Brought this picnic basket. But it's also okay. Partially too, though. I'm just like, okay, bees are dying. Maybe someone needs to get a little bit of organized crime up in here. Like maybe there should be some organization here. If, maybe if bees are dying. Yeah, put a little structure around it. Yeah. And then there's also, it's like, oh, 
It'd be a shame if something happened to your bee colony and humanity died. <laughs> Maybe you want to pay me a little bit of protection money. <laughs> what if we have it all wrong? What if it's actually the what if it's the bees that are doing the organized crime? Interesting. Okay. Hello. Like there's a whole there's a whole bee mafia out there. Now the, okay, okay, so the next set to bees is organized crime. It's like Bees are in danger of a Rico, like a racketeering lawsuit. <laughs> no, we, we unfortunately taught bees how to do organized crime, and now they're just all in it. And unfortunately, they are, I mean, no, they don't have birth certificates or passports or anything, but like, they're de facto U.S. citizens, so they are unfortunately subject to Rico laws. <laughs> they are. And, you know, they're just, they're locking them up left and right. Yeah. The hives are all full. It's always the worker bees that get it. They never arrest. They never arrest the the, the rich they never, folk. They never yeah, take they never the queen home. The queen. Nah. Yeah, my. I mean, that's that's interesting. What What do you think bees would steal? With, are they just stealing hunt? I mean, we st- we've stolen so much from them. <laughs> I feel like it's only right that they're like, yeah, okay, fuck it. Well, and Michael, I feel like I got to this article, or we got to this article. I saw a Reddit thread that um. Someone posted, it was basically a shower thought that was just like, hey, bank tellers of Reddit, what would you do if someone shoved a jar of bees into your pneumatic tube from the like drive through window? What's your defense plan? And there, I, I, someone responded, was like, okay, you want to get real with this? First of all, I'm not worried about fucking bees. You want to bother <laughs> me? Get me a, af, like Africanized honey, like wasps. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like now, now I'm listening. Well, because also, I mean, but that's more dangerous for me, the person putting them in the tube. Right, exactly. But we we talked about we talked about bank robberies last week, and how worthless of a crime it really is, and how no one should <laughs> care about a it. Bad, bad crime. Again, okay, no. So this thread, these bees. If I, I mean, if I was to get into organized crime as a bee, it might be bank robberies because. There's so many of us, and I don't want to. I don't. I'm tired of working and you stealing my honey all the time, so it's time for me to steal your honey. Because and also it's insured. So again, victim, victimless crime. Yeah, but you're see your your problem is you're thinking like you're thinking like a man who is a bee, not, and not thinking like, like a bee. A bee who's a yeah a bee. Like I mean, what is a bee gonna do with all that cash? Probably just gonna turn it into honey somehow. Like that's all <laughs> they do. They. They go get shit and they turn it into honey. Wow, Michael, that is such a reductive position on the purpose of bees. How dare you? <laughs> what what do they do? I don't know. They like rub their dicks on flowers and <laughs> go rub their dicks on other flowers and then food happens. So that I'm just seems saying, that seems important. Whenever I see a beehive, it's always in the middle of fucking nowhere. These bees gotta travel pretty far to find the flowers. If I'm a bee, I'm organized crime. Now I'm saying, hey. Mr. Flores, it'd be a shame for all of us to come in here. Actually, Michael, you know what? Now that I'm thinking... Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Now that I'm thinking about it, like really thinking about it, I wish bees had their shit together a little bit more. I wish there was a Don, a Don Big (laughs) Bee Boy, really directing them. Because I'm thinking back to... I think we were... um, We were visiting our buddy Sean down in... uh, down near Daytona, and we went out. His pa- like his in-laws had a boat. We were driving around the intercoastal, and we went to this little like 
bar on an island. Yes. And we stopped and got some coconut drinks. And then bees came out of fucking nowhere. They were everywhere. To get up all up in my shit. And then our buddy Matt was like, anytime we would swat at one, he's like, don't, they're important. I was like, yeah, I know they're important. (laughs) They're up in my coconut, though. It's also one fucking bee. Our good buddy Matt, who I love him to death, but he's like, hey, stop swatting those bees. I'm like, tell your bee friends to get out of my coconut. Yeah. I need this drink. I'm living my life here. You live your life somewhere else. So maybe if there was a Don, like a Don B, sending all of those assholes to do, I don't know, important work, not sipping on my scissor out of my coconut drink, that's better for me. There's be- there Surely there's an easier mark than my coconut, if you're going yeah, like, for sugar. Like all of the other coconuts. Yeah, literally anyone else's Literally coconut. any other coconut that isn't in my hand. Also- Listen, listen, Don B, I'm not paying protection to you. I'll come find you and hit you with my hands really hard because you're a bee. <laughs> but I do want some level of a smart bee to like recognize that, yeah, I will clap you really hard and kill you. Someone else might not. Go away from my table. Tell your goons to back the fuck off, Tell man. T- that's the problem. There's so many goons. Also, you have 18 more kneecaps than I do. I can break all your knee. You can... You can at worst sting one kneecap before I get you. I can break so many of your kneecaps because you're a dumb bee. You have so many kneecaps. I mean, there's at least like two per leg, six legs. That's, and that's like honestly, kneecaps. who knows how many legs you even have? That's true. I don't. That's for damn I can sure. Make, I'm making shit up at this point. At this point, I don't know. Are you an ant? I don't care. Get the <laughs> fuck out. Go get honey somewhere else. Anyway. <laughs> So the dumbest episode just, we've just, ever recorded. Let's just suppose for a second that the story is not about uh, bees performing organized crime, which oh. it clearly is. Yeah, no, we all know that. But if it were about actual organized crime... Yeah, I didn't actually read the article. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy found... He just came back and uh, there was 92 hives had been were missing, which is about $44,000. Um Apparently in the last eight years, there's been an explosion in hive thefts and it's been up to, it's like 1700 being taken per year. They actually have a specific division for hive heists now. Okay. There's, it's become severe enough in California that uh, the police officers now specialize in hive crime. It's like hive hive crimes and misdemeanors, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they fucking impeach all these goddamn bees. Uh, <laughs> it is you'll never you don't believe what the main demand for honeybees is. Fucking almond industry. Yeah, goddamn it, almonds, man. I, so I just I read I read this and I was just like. I'm actually fine because if there's if they steal the bees and we can't do almond industry, which is like one of the most destructive agricultural industries in the world, I'm kind of fine with it. So like maybe 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 the mafia is good. Michael, is the mafia good? I mean, here's the thing that I know about the mafia, which is entirely based on Martin Scorsese movies. They uh you know, they're big gobble the ghouls. <laughs> gobble ghouls. But they have, you know, they have hearts sometimes. You know, they, they they care about their family and they care about the community. 
uh, right up until the point where they kill you and throw you in a river. Yeah. So maybe they've if taken you're lucky, a, they kill you first. <laughs> maybe they've taken a liking to uh, you know, the the climate. Yeah. Like we got to protect the climate. We got to get rid of this almond industry. Maybe I did. Just, there's a phrase in here. So beekeepers from the U.S. across the U.S. congregate in the Central Valley in a sort of quote annual almond jamboree, which sounds like the worst fucking party. Um, <laughs> Michael, I, you know what? I mean, regardless of this, I do like kind of have to hope that these mafiosos are being altruistic and wanting to protect the climate and be like, Hey, California farmers, maybe stop wasting water for an industry that no one really wants. Um, but also at a certain point, stealing bees, (laughs) unless you also have like trained beehivists, I don't know the word on, on your mafia staff, you're just actively Again, encouraging the decline of humanity, much like the Furby. Well, and so I read on a little bit, and it sounds like some of these guys are just stealing the hives and then taking the queens, and then they're just leaving. The, they're basically chop-shopping these hives to take the important stuff, and then they just leave the rest of the bees there. So they so they kill the full hive then. And then I'm pretty sure, doesn't that kill the the queen also? I don't know. It just said all 488 boxes for this guy were loaded onto a truck and stolen. Uh, 488 boxes. And then not long after the theft, police were called to a field near Fresno where they saw something akin to bee carnage. Beehives were scattered randomly across the land, some open with their innards torn out, others scratched and daubed in paint. An irate swarm of bees made officers wary of exiting their cars. It was like a chop shop for bees. None of the boxes matched. It was really untidy, and there was a lot of aggressive bees. Yeah, because someone <laughs> stole their fucking queen. <laughs> Police called in beekeepers who estimated there were 2,500 hives belonging to a variety of legal owners. A nearby man, just a nearby man, they just found him walking around. <laughs> Pavel Tevintarov. Tevin- was arrested under suspicion that he was hi- hacking up hives in order to multiply them and sell them onto needy growers. I don't want to tell any mobsters how to do their business, but if if you're stealing beehives <laughs> in Southern California, maybe don't be named Pavel Tarantivtov. Like, did you see what his accomplice's name was? Vitaly Yeroshenko. <laughs> Vitaly Yeroshenko. Like, oh, hey, somebody's... It looks like organized crime has moved in and they're, like, stealing beehives. Or, like, who who do you think it could be? I don't know. Maybe the two random Russian dudes who just showed up out of nowhere? Absolutely not. There's no they're way. Wearing, they wear tracksuits all the time, even though it's fucking 100 degrees here? They're covered in welts. No one knows why. <laughs> okay. This article has such incredible... They include the the language bee rustlers. <laughs> the Guardian still has good journalists on staff, apparently. That's it. But again, yeah, if you're uh, Vitaly Yeroshenko and Pavel... I gotta get this right. Tveratinov. Tveratinov, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Like, maybe don't, don't, near, near, don't be nearby. Yeah. Sorry, but, like, you gotta go. You can't be a nearby man if you're stealing beehives. When everyone else in this article is named Charlie Nye and Lloyd Cuniff, 
you got to get out of here, buds. Like, <laughs> you get, come through town and get out of here. You can't stick around. Hmm. Okay, well, Michael, before we head out for the day, for the week, for the evening, to go to our <laughs> respective hives, um, I do want to share. This was turning on Twitter the other day, and uh, our buddy Dave out, out in California shared this with me just because it's right up. A his- real, wait, a real, honest to goodness trending topic on trends and low yeah, places? Yeah, no, we finally did it. Uh, it took it took us 120 episodes, but we finally got a we got one a real life trending topic on the show. We did it, guys. And it, um, Michael, the trending topic was Dick Pound. <laughs> which like a like a pound o dick? Yeah, like a Dick Pound. Like a whole like oh, it's like a, oh, I get it. There's like a metric ton, and then there's a you know there's a right there's a an English ton, there's like a regular pound, and then there's a, there's dick, a pound. dick pound. So trending yeah. on Twitter, so obviously Dave sent it to me because he's the world's uh, leading pervert. Um, <laughs> no, but apparently Dick Pound is a, a member of the International uh, Olympics Committee oh. responsible for planning the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. He didn't think like, maybe I should go by Richard? Richard Pound, nope, didn't think so. Rick? R- Rich? No, Richie? No. Gotta, gotta give dick to the people. <laughs> can't can't deprive him of that good dick, the, the dick pound. So he's like a fist. That's like a fist pound. That's no, like it's just something you do. No, it's when just, you're no, it's just dick pound, buddy. When you just touch your. No, it's when he slings that thing, and in this case, he's slanging it at coronavirus. He's like, oh, oh, no, it's a, uh, it's a place where you round up all of the the non microchip dicks and that don't have owners. You put them in the pound so that <laughs> people can come. Michael, you've accidentally stumbled upon maybe the best way to like really, really just cut down on the patriarchy, I guess. It's like, oh, who? anyone going to claim this dick? No? <laughs> to the pound. Go to the pound. He didn't, have a, he didn't have a collar. There was no name tag, no call if you find me. So I guess you're going to the pound. Well, and Michael, that's actually finally we've made a useful version of dick pics. Ooh. Yeah. It's like like petfinder.com, but like dick finder. <laughs> and you're just like, all right, do you want do you want to adopt this poor sad dick? No? no. Neither does anyone else. This dick has been in the pound for 175 weeks. <laughs> no one wants it. No one wants it. Uh, aggressive? Does Doesn't not like other well dicks. If you have children in the house, sorry, cut that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we should probably make dickfinder.com. <laughs> this dick would be best in a home with, a, with maybe an older widow. <laughs> Great for companionship. Needs a stable home. Anyway, Michael, the guy's name is Dick Pound, and that's funny. He's not housebroken yet. (laughs) So basically, he just said, um, in regards to coronavirus, uh, Tokyo Olympic organizers have until late May to see if they can get the virus under control, which seems like it's not the Olympic organizer's job. (laughs) No. Um, And he says, if not, you're probably looking at a cancellation. Yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing with... with, uh with Japan, they're on an island. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they just don't let anyone in Madagascar style. Uh, yeah. No, uh, as far as Plague Inc. rules go, yeah, they're pretty much set. 
Yeah, they just need to not invite the entire world to to them. Yeah, which and then okay, they'll be fine. I got to bring this up. I, I, me personally, I mean, obviously, coronavirus, it, it's gonna happen. I feel it seems inevitable that it's just gonna spread around the whole world. <sighs> Michael, part of my bad week, and this it just kind of where my life is at right now. The last two weeks in general, I've seemed to have a target on my head for panhandlers coming up to me and asking me for money. And because I'm a dummy, I just do it. I just provide them with money or whatever they need. The I other mean, day, though, nice I was walking. In, that's, a, that's, a, that's a sweet gesture. Yeah. The other day, though, I was walking. I had a, I had a very, very bad day. And I was walking into Publix after work. I'm away home from work to just to get uh, some dinner and bottle of wine. And I walk in and there's an older woman who is just standing in the parking lot, accosting, accosting every person walking in or out of the store. Cool. Asking, which is so cool. Loved it. Asking if they could help her get some groceries. Mm-hmm. And so she gets me because I was just in the aisle and I was she's like, hey. She needs some help. Like, uh, this was in the store. No, out in the parking lot, like going up to people as soon as they parked coming at them. Yep. Yep. Um, so I park and she's like, I just need some help getting some like last couple items. My daughter's in the hospital. Uh, I'm visiting here and I like, I bought most of the stuff. I just didn't have enough cash. Need to get a couple items. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's do it. Because of Publix in Atlanta, not being the Publix of Florida, not being great. This took 10 minutes to actually get someone interested in helping us at like the customer service desk in the intervening time. So Mike, I don't know if you're aware. I think the, the common right now, like with scientific wisdom is that you have to be around someone with coronavirus for about 15 minutes to get. <laughs> so I'm just, that comes into play. So I was sitting with this lady so for great, about, as long as I never spend more than 15 minutes in presence of anyone else. That's perfect for me. Right. Which is normally my ideal. I don't want to be near anyone. Exactly. Now I have a reason. But uh, I was in next to this woman at Publix in front of the customer service desk for about, uh, I, don't, I don't want to put a number on it, but maybe 15 minutes. Um, turns out the the four grocery items that she couldn't, have, couldn't get to... <laughs> Were um, four cases of Mountain Dew that were buy one get one free. Mm. So felt pretty good about buying this woman <laughs> all of her soda or pop, as she called it. She clarified that. But then, at a gotta certain, do the do, man. Gotta do the do. At a certain point in the conversation, she's like, "Yeah, again, my daughter's in the hospital." She's like, "Yeah, for that that virus that's going around." I was like, "Which one?" She's like, "I don't know, the one in the news." I was like, "Oh, cool." So you just, cool. you just gave me coronavirus and made me pay ten seventy two for your good Mountain Dew. Did you really it, need this one? Did you? Was need it just straight dues? up full sugar Mountain Dew? It wasn't even like Diet Mountain Dew or yeah, anything. Uh, one was Code Red, homie. Oh boy! Oh, so she's a gamer. Yeah, no hardcore gamer, sixty two <laughs> year old gamer. Yeah, no true gamer for sure. <laughs> so michael i might have coronavirus is what i'm well, what i'm coming with that's the energy i'm bringing into well March you know i did read an article that said that uh like 200 passengers flew through atlanta um oh, right. that, so already that may have been exposed to coronavirus so you probably were already in it oh, i probably have already got it and again and i flew in and out of atlanta this weekend so i probably have it now it's in chicago it's just a it's a mess also i mean i've watched 
Love is Blind and half the crew is from Atlanta. And like, Oof, I feel yeah. like it's communicable through the TV. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. whatever. We're already dead. I remember seeing Outbreak. Yeah. So I'm talking to the guys in the plane. Fellas. <laughs> I think that's like the third time I've done that joke on this show. And it does not get old. It's my very good Dustin Hoffman impression. Michael, it's, it's a great been, Dustin Hoffman impression. It's like I nailed it, though. Yeah. I, I think I got it. Michael, I wish I was good it. at impressions. Well, like as good as me? Yeah. Because, like, Michael, I'm talking to the guys on the plane. <laughs> it uh, It's one of those things where, like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what this person sounds like or this sound sounds like or anything. And then I go to do it. Yeah. And my mouth doesn't do the thing like I want, like I want it to do. I found that I do about half of impressions... Well, I'll say this. I do impressions pretty well off the cuff. And then as soon as I think about it, whoops, <laughs> that's gone. Quick pain. I was. Nope. <laughs> I did Kermit. You thought about it. You thought about it too long and you went to Kermit. Yep. <laughs> hey, I was wondering which would break first, your spirit or your body. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was wondering what that first surveyed over your body. What the fuck was that? <laughs> this is my Bobby. Bobby Roar. Bobby's Roar. Okay. Hey, me. Or, or, or the, uh, remember the fast as fast can be, you never catch me. <laughs> I'm the jackalope. <laughs> Christ. That's pretty good. That's a good one. <laughs> That's the only one I got. All right. For, and it's pretty for good. Two, for a, for a, cartoon character on a tv show that no one under the age of like 35 has seen yeah at least and, kermit is culturally kind of relevant and then the uh the jackalope thing was i think from like america's funniest home videos in like 1994 yeah no that that classic good bob saget humor yeah apparently you know what here michael we're gonna keep we're gonna go this one's gonna go long <laughs> can you imagine being bob saget doing America's Funniest Home Videos on a, like, network TV setting where he had to be clean as hell. And then, but also being Bob Saget, who is apparently one of the dirtiest motherfuckers on the entire Mm -hmm. planet. Can you imagine, like, censoring yourself that hard in your job? Or, or what the audience, like, the the studio audience experience for that show must have been. Like, how shocking it would have been for, like... You to take your family to see Bob Saget, and he's just talking about like seas and sluts and just like not nonstop. You think as soon as they were like cut, he was just like he became Bob Saget that you see in like the yeah. aristocrats again. Yeah, there's no way he didn't. Yeah, it's. I mean, it had to be like Tourette's, where he just like he controlled it for a very minimal amount of time in the recording booth for each of the 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 dubs for the videos. Oh, speaking of another documentary that's great on hulu is uh the dana car the one about the dana carvey show i'm interested it's it's tremendous uh dana carvey's obviously in it but i didn't realize that like robert smigel steve carell stephen colbert louis ck uh jay not jay glazer john glazer uh they were all writers on the show like that's where steve carell steve carell and steve colbert got plucked out of second city main stage to do the dana carvey show interesting yeah damn all right 
Very, very cool. Uh, well, I've got about five hours left on uh, Love is Blind, and then I'll go right to that. <laughs> well, this one is just it's, just, it's just a movie. Okay. It's just a movie. So, you know, you get two hours, that's it. Yeah, I can only dedicate four hours at a time to one hour episodes of horrible trash TV. <laughs> so, we'll see. I think I might go watch an episode of Love is Blind right now. Check it out, my man. Let me know. Yeah. All right, Michael. It's been lovely talking with you, buddy. Uh, everyone, if you like this episode, you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. Also, more information about our sister show, Longest Days of Our Lives, in which Michael and I and our good buddy Curtis are watching every single episode of the Hit Show 24. Um, we're a little we're a little bit behind on that one. Mm. We, we, we had two episodes come out recently and then didn't have more come out. We're going to get back to that one. We are on episode nine right now. Um, things are about, things are getting pretty juicy. We're going to, you mm-hmm. know what, Michael? Hey, how you put two more episodes up in March? We can do that, huh? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. You know what we can't do though? Put up a blog post. Uh, uh if, if we, yeah, we did put up a blog again. post, it would be at goodbuddymedia.com slash blog. Um, you know, Michael, I'm going to do one. I'm going to do one tonight. Just do it, man. I'm just going to fucking do the dank Just thing. fucking do it. It doesn't have to be good. The worst None part, of mine are. The worst part is that we record this on a day where my next day is all meetings. Mm. And I want to do it. And then I just don't have the physical time. And then by the time I get home, my brain is mush. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I get it. So that's where, you know, that's where I'm at. But Michael, how else can people help us out? You can find us on your podcast app of choice by searching for trends in low places and when you do uh have your uh, hive of bees sting the shit out of that subscribe button and um you can give us a rating or a five-star rating would be great and a review if you uh, have a few extra minutes um how about this if you write a review we'll write a blog post <laughs> yeah one for one one in one out <laughs> Uh, you can also find us on, uh, Twitter and Instagram at TILP cast, mostly just on Twitter though. Um, you can send us stories there or just, you know, just chat, tell us about what's going on with you. you yeah. Know? We recently got an invitation to a fun little event. We did. We got an invitation to, uh, an ICP show. Yeah. For a good and- friend, Scrubby Josh, friend of the show. Yeah, and it just so happens that uh, Kush will be in Chicago that very weekend. So yeah, I guess unrelated. So I guess we're. I going guess we're to committed to go show. to an ICP show. Yeah, yeah. Josh, we'll so. see you there. <laughs> well, it, it'll be a time. Mm-hmm. It'll be a time. I, I I'm scared, uh, excited. It's a it's a real fear boner situation for sure. <laughs> Especially because it's in Joliet, it's so, it's so far from my home. Your I home. may never come back. I may never come back from from the Juggalos. You won't come back the same. That's for sure. No, definitely not. Yeah. Well, Michael, it's been lovely talking to you, buddy. Love you. Love you too. Toodles. Toodles.